Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion 105.3. The fan, World Series champion, Texas Rangers. I need to make sure that I put some respect on their name. It is indeed 105.3. The fan, though. I'm Reginald Datatula sitting in alongside uh, the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to Chris Strong, who's on the ones and twos for us this evening. And thank you for rocking with us on a Thursday night in uh, the Metroplex. We got, obviously, we've got a very abysmal Thursday night football game. I'm just going to go ahead and call it right now. And look, if it proves me wrong, then cool. But Steelers Patriots does not, uh, it does not really, uh, doesn't appeal. Does not seem like it's going to be giving, uh, giving us a great watch. It's, it's Mitch Trubisky, Bailey Zappi, of course, uh, the quarterback matchup of your dreams. um, If you are sleeping and having a nightmare. And so, yeah, we'll keep you up to date with that. However, your Dallas stars are on the ice tonight. Uh, and that one is a big one against the Washington Capitals. So we'll let you know what's happening there. The puck drop should be happening actually here in a moment. Uh, Blake, how you doing tonight? Feeling good, feeling spicy. You know, a lot of stuff happened in the sports world over the last 24 hours. So we got a lot of topics to hit. It's still Eagles hate week. So I'm ready. Mm. Ready to roll. Interesting that you called it Eagles hate week. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, big game that's coming up. In week 14 for your Dallas Cowboys, Sunday night football versus the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, in about 20 minutes, we'll catch up with Aisha Morrison of Girls Talk, Boys Talk uh, from DallasCowboys.com. Get her expert analysis on this one. However, let's let's give our opinions on this one. Talk uh, to me. Cowboys, Eagles, like I said, Sunday night. Let's, let's delve into some of the matchups mm-hmm. to watch in this one. What are the things that you think will be um, interesting in the, like the schematic battle of this between the Cowboys and the Eagles? So my biggest thing, the biggest deficiency I saw in that Eagles game, and I've kind of seen it all season, but they've covered it up, is their linebacking core. So I'm interested to see how Morrow and Cunningham from the Eagles can defend in the run, those slot guys, the tight ends, the running backs out the backfield, because they did a very poor job, and I think that's the reason they got their doors blown off against the 49ers. So if they're able to clean it up, I think it'll be a lot closer game. If not, Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard, they're going to have a field day. So that's the matchup I'm most inclined to watch. Yeah, man, along those lines, uh, Jake Ferguson, and I, I'm also leaning on in some ways uh, our friends at Blogging the Boys. Brian Martin wrote an interesting piece of the you know three matchups that he's looking out for in this contest. Uh, Jake Ferguson versus the Eagles defense is absolutely mm-hmm. one of those. We've talked about it of late. Um, especially talking with the G-Bag Nation, talking about it on this program and just all over 105 through the fan, how Jake Ferguson is really coming into his own mm-hmm. as a tight end. He's clearly tight end one for your team. Um, and he's been really good and found a really good rapport with Dak Prescott, particularly attacking the scene, which is like, I mean, that's a place where you, you're playing really good quarterback throwing his, you know, at throwing into the seam of, you know, the defense, especially when you consider the ways in which defenses kind of started putting that too high safeties yep. to try and force teams to go underneath. If you can tack the middle of the field with that tight end, it really gives you an opportunity to do big damage. And Jake Ferguson is exactly that type of tight end. It feels like, and especially like if you think about it from a fantasy perspective, like fantasy football, um, when you start drafting for fantasy football, tight end is a high commodity because there's only a few of them that are like game changers, yes. right? There's maybe like four or five um, and then after that, you're just getting a tight end, right? And it's like mm-hmm. they're all kind of interchangeable. Jake Ferguson profiles as one of those guys in that high level. And some of that is the way that he plays and like kind of the reckless abandon that he seems to kind of throw himself into. 
But some of that is like the athletic ability. One, he seems to be very confident and comfortable catching the football, but then also getting some yards after the catch, having some awareness. He loves hurdling. I mean, I don't know the last time I saw a player that loved hurling as much as Jake Ferguson. Sometimes it looks like it looks like he's trying to hurdle dudes that are not there. But Jake Ferguson has an opportunity. Like you said, the linebackers in this one uh, leave something to be desired, um, and that really points to the middle of the field and the places where I think Jake Ferguson get a little busy. They got Darius Leonard for a reason. Sure, but but the It'll thing be, about Shaq Leonard is I don't I, I don't think he's going to cover up those deficiencies. Yeah, he, he's he's not, a, he's not they, as much of a cover guy. They just they, not now. They signed him for a reason. I'll we'll see if he plays at all. I don't I don't know the status on that if he's going to be suiting up on Sunday, but that linebacking core is definitely the part that I think getting exposed. The part that I think will win or lose the game though as it is in most of these games, the trenches. If the Cowboys can protect das- Dak Prescott, I'm I'm fearing for Hassan Reddick, moving all around the field, going against Terrence Steele. So if Terrence Steele holds his own and Hassan Reddick doesn't have two sacks, a bunch of pressures, Cowboys win this game. Hassan, yeah, man. Hassan Reddick's in the backfield all game. It's going to be a tough one for the Cowboys. going to have to come down to the wire. Yeah, and you mentioned Hassan Reddick. He, he went off in the last time. Yep that you play this game, he definitely flashed in a big way for Philadelphia. Don't forget Jalen Carter, who has had a very good season mm-hmm. this, this year and is, you know, continuing coming on. And so it's going to be incumbent upon this uh, offensive line for the Cowboys, and particularly the guy, Terrence Steele, where I imagine uh, Hassan Reddick is probably going to get some yep. rushes off of that edge where Terrence Steele is. They're going to have to cover themselves in glory, right? They're going to need to— uh, Some chip blocks will probably be there. I don't doubt it, but yeah, no, they're going to need to make sure that they do well. Um, and— Look, man, the last time they covered up or they played in this game, Terrence Steele played one of his worst performances, not just of the yeah. year, probably of his career. Yes, it was It was bad. It was bad. A bunch of whiffs. It wasn't even just some just getting beat. There was some where he didn't even make contact. Right. With the and Lions. Dak Prescott being able to sit back there and dissect defense, that, that plays into the, the incredible way that he's playing right now. So mm-hmm. he can find some time. He can he can make time in some ways. One of the way things that is good about the mobility that Dak has and that he's willing to lean a little bit more into mm-hmm. uh, again. Uh, but you, if he, you do not force him to have to do that, if you can give him the time necessary, you can really help this out, right? Um, there was 12 quarterback pressures, seven hurries, and four sacks uh, when it came to that performance in week And he's nine. still balled out. Yes. Dak is still the highest graded by pro football focus quarterback under pressure with it i believe an 80.9 out of all starting quarterbacks he's the highest graded so he's still balled out with that but at this moment sunday night football if the eagles d line lives in the backfield it's going to be a long day for the cowboys i still think the cowboys can prevail and make it a game but the the way you're going to win this one is protecting dak prescott giving him time to get it to his playmakers which i think they will do but it's still a tough task that eagles d line is still the best part of their team so stopping them is no easy task and we can talk about it all we want. They got to do it on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to matter in a big way, um, especially because if you let Dak sit back there, then we can go back to and talking about Jake Ferguson, the Eagles defense, right? You can go back to allowing him to really attack the secondary. And the Eagles secondary is not the same vaunted secondary that it had once nope. been, right? Said they, that preseason. Said a preseason. They let, they let a lot of guys go. People thought, hey, it'll be this. It's not the same defense. And we're seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the talent wise is a little bit different. The um, also in addition, like the play calling yep. has has shifted up somewhat. And Dak Prescott again, uh, not to belabor the point, but he's playing great football. I imagine that the way that this offense is going for the Cowboys, they have a level of comfortability right now, mm-hmm. and the way that they are cooking right now, they should be able to attack that secondary. Provided that you, like you said, Hassan Reddick is not bearing down, Jalen Carter's not 
breaking up the pocket and, you know, rushing 100%. up the middle, right? Because that's the tough part about it is rushing up the middle is one of the things that's the worst uh, for a quarterback sitting in the pocket, right? If you have mm-hmm. pressure up in your face, that changes the way that you have to play. And so if they could give give him the right amount of protection, he should be able to have a another of uh, the great performances that he's been putting on over the last probably eight weeks in yep. the NFL. He's got the M. He's got half of the V on his MVP. He needs to finish that V and finish that P, and half of that V can be finished with a W in Jerry World this Sunday. Uh, Big one. The, from the 972, they said, uh, don't forget he did flash, speaking of Hassan Reddick, but remember they didn't win. Uh, we beat ourselves, right, because if we don't make the mistake, we would have won the Eagles game. Yeah, no, of course, right? But, like, this is the thing is – you're not going to take that game per se and say, well, okay, play that game again and then just yeah. change this little thing. It's a different there was game. Other, there were some mistakes that we made more than just the out-of-bounds and last-second knee down at the goal line. There was sure. more I, mistakes. I think the point mostly being, like, you played a close enough game and that if you change a little bit, you win, of mm-hmm. course. But the thing about it is that this is a whole other game at this instance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're Two playing the same team, but, you know, you're in a different state. You could say the same when we talk about this Cowboys uh, offense is at a whole higher level than even it was at that point. Um, so you got to come in with a different perspective. And one of the places where it's not entirely different, but a little bit different, Deron Bland. Actually, let me ask you, do you feel differently about Deron Bland than you did going into that first Eagles game? No. I think Deron Bland's a great cover corner. And I think teams, there's a lot of film on him. Guys are studying him. They're realizing where they can get him. No, one, There's been really no corner in our league that's just allowed a zero passer rating the whole year. You're going to get got a couple times. Cornerback is the hardest position, I think, in pro sports outside of quarterback to play. So you're going to get got. And I said this after the Seahawks game. Deron Bland was playing great coverage most of that game. DK's just a really good man beater. And Geno Smith probably played one of the best games throwing the football that he's ever played with my two eyes. Putting the ball in the perfect spot. Safeties were out of position a lot. So I don't blame that game on Deron Bland got cooked. There was yeah, a lot of times I, he was I, in the I right spot. I don't think spot. you have to go to that place to then acknowledge the fact that like teams are feeling comfortable trying to They can feel comfortable Bland. all they want, and then we see what happens. He gets them a pick. Yeah, so but if, if you're going to take that want. perspective, then there's no point in ha- talking about the game, right? Like I, I think that there's reason and there's, there's areas, or there's room, rather, is the word that I'm looking for, to like have a full conversation without simply saying, well, it's fine, right? Like Deron Bland has had some instances where – he has been a little bit open to being attacked. Now, of course, he's still going to come down with these interceptions for the mm-hmm. most part, turn the football over. He still has that level of I'm not ball worried. skills. I'm not worried. And that's fair. I, I, I'm not particularly worried about him either. I do think, though, that like that is going to be a matchup to pay attention to because when you talk about the idea of, well, um, DK Metcalf is big and fast and able to attack those. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the uh, what if the team that you're playing this week has one of those uh, that also played at the same school and at I, the same time? And right? that's like fine. you have, one we of those, saw AJ right? Brown get off in the first quarter, sure. and the San Francisco defense adjusted, so he can have his couple glance route and catches his yards in the first quarter, and then Dan Quinn and that defense is going to adjust. I'm not worried at all about personal accolades of someone getting a couple catches in the first quarter or first half even. I think the game plan overall favors in Deron Bland and then the Cowboys defense, and I'm not worried about a couple highlight plays that someone makes in the first half. So, no, not worried. Deron Bland will get his, and defense Cowboys will get theirs. Uh, Look, I I think you're being a little bit dismissive of what the Eagles are capable. Look. I'm not. I feel very confident about how the Cowboys are playing versus Eagles team, and I've said it before. This Eagles team is overrated. I'm not saying they're bad. No one's saying there's a, they're a bottom five team in the league. 
I just think they're a little overinflated by a couple close wins, and I'm not that impressed by the Eagles' play calling and how they run their offense. And we saw it against the 49ers. I don't think the Cowboys are the 49ers. They're not on that level, and that's been very clear. But I also don't think the Eagles are just going to show up in here and just A.J. Brown is just like D.K. Metcalf, and he's going to torch Deron Bland for 300 yards, and he's going to go off for three touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen, and I'm not worried. They watched their film. They know their mistakes. And obviously me saying it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but hopefully they correct it. And I think we'll see that come Sunday night. Well, in the same ways that you're talking about not being concerned, it seems like uh, Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers feels like not only did they, you know, beat the brakes off the Eagles, that they, you know, did it well enough to expose just exactly how any other team should be able to do that. Uh, Check this audio of him talking about uh, the idea that maybe just maybe the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have been figured out. Yeah, I mean, you see it on tape, though. And then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, Cowboys watch the tape. Um, we made Jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those big gaps and uh, paid off. Because Jalen's looking at the rush every play. So, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick. Blake, how do you how do you hear that Nick Bosa quote? You think that he's spot on in his analysis there? I think he's spot on. I think it's funny how he says, I hope the Cowboys watch the tape. Obviously, they're going to watch the tape. But, you know, he's saying hopefully they dissect it and see what we did to Jalen Hurts. They didn't let him have those quick right-up-the-middle quarterback draw-esque or a quick escape routes through the A and B gap routes. And they made him, hey, we're going to keep – I don't know if you watched really closely to everyone listening. They weren't really trying to sack Jalen Hurts. They were keeping him contained, and that's what you have to do against Jalen Hurts. His best plays in that game, in his career, this season, whatever sample size you want to use, is when Jalen Hurts is outside the pocket making plays with his legs, throwing the ball downfield, playing a little bit of a backyard football, if you will, guys making routes. I'm not saying he can't make plays inside the pocket, but that's not where he performs at his best. And we've seen that, and we saw that the Eagles were, my bad, the 49ers were aware of said situation, and they did it perfectly by having the outsides covered, kind of making him stay within their form and not rushing him and letting him get upfield quickly and made him pretty much a pocket passer. And we saw what happened. The 49ers' defensive game plan was was executed perfectly. Hopefully the Cowboys, like Nick Bosa said, watch the film and can do something similar. I don't think it'll be, what was it, 42-19 to 19 or something like that. I don't think that'll be the score of this game. But I do think the, the Cowboys will come away with the win and hopefully – they can try to emulate what the 49ers did, and we'll see what the Eagles are made of on Sunday. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing them trying to emulate that because obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts, his it seems like his knee is in fact bothering him mm-hmm. and not allowing him to do all the things that he would seemingly want to, but they're still going to want to attack this team running the football, and particularly with Jalen Hurts. And I am scared of that. If Just straight up running the football between the tackles, I think that's the Cowboys' a little bit deficiency. And I will say that is a part that kind of worries me if because they haven't been able to get the running game going. If they do early, that's not a good sign for the Cowboys. Yeah, especially because that would force you to try and commit more mm-hmm. forward. And then, you know, leaving guys on islands, no matter how good they are, is not really And that's what we got beating of. against the Seahawks. Those third and two, third and threes, guys on islands, zero coverage, man-to-man, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, DK all running, just man-beaters, out routes. You say you weren't worried, though. I'm just saying that's where we were exposed to. I don't think that they're going to be put in said position like yeah, that. Yeah, but you didn't even want to talk about it. You felt like that was not worth discussing. Well, that, that wasn't the first half. And you said Deron Bland. Okay. And in the second half, it wasn't Deron Bland. It was Jordan Lewis getting cooked. And Dre Ron Curse getting cooked. 
and we still came away with the dub. So I'm not worried. You said, are you worried about Deron Bland? Worry going into the Eagles game? Zero. Worry going into Commanders game? Zero. Worry going into this Eagles game? Zero. And he'll prove me right again. So, you know, you can doubt me all you want. Deron Bland goes out there and balls and makes it very easy to say I'm confident in his ability. Well, with that being said, I, I, I do find it interesting because the Cowboys pass rush has been more focused on stunting and getting to mm-hmm. the quarterback mm-hmm. and applying pressure that way. I'm interested to see if they do, in fact, try and play it in that particular way, go away from, I guess, maybe what I would more term as their game, uh, which is going upfield and attacking the quarterback, and maybe if they do try and, you know, bracket a little bit, try and keep uh, Jalen Hurts in the pocket and dare him to beat them down the field. Also, one of the things to consider is the you don't have a Fred Warner necessarily. 100%. We don't um, have Fred or Dre Greenlaw. So I'm interested in seeing if, like, if they do go for the perspective of we're going to try and match what the Niners did exactly or if it's like, you know, that's fine, but we have our way of playing them that we feel comfortable a, with. A quarterback spy is very important when playing the Eagles, and we saw Fred Warner was spying Jalen Hurts a good amount of the time, keeping him – you know, in check within the pocket and making sure he doesn't make some out of out of crazy plays. So I'll be interested to see who that guy is for the Cowboys and how well he can execute it. So get right right here on 105.3, the fan, Reginald Atatula, Blake Elliott in with you on this evening. Coming up next, let's talk to the homie Aisha Morrison of the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast. Get her thoughts on Cowboys-Eagles. We'll do it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3, the fan, Reginald Atatula here with you, Blake Elliott as well uh, on this Thursday evening, I almost said Wednesday. Don't know what days it is, apparently. Um, appreciate you rocking with us on The Fan. You can always get involved with the program by texting into the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. You can also see us on by searching 105 through The Fan on YouTube. Or check us out on twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll go around the NFL here in the get right. But right now, we turn to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill hotline to talk to our friend from DallasCowboys.com. She's the host on the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast and one of the finest football minds that I know. Her name is Aisha Morrison. Aisha, what's happening with you? Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Doing quite well. Doing quite well. Headed into, uh, you know, Cowboys, Eagles. Excited about that. We were just talking about <laughs> some of the, yeah, um, yeah talking about some of the matchups um, the, to maybe watch in this contest. Is there a particular matchup that comes to mind for you? in this Cowboys-Eagles rematch on the season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the key ones is going to be um, really how this Dallas offensive line deals with uh, Philly's defensive line. Um, as we know, you know, Terrence Steele um, and Hassan Reddick went at it last game, and it, it made a difference. It made it made a difference. So I'm really looking at, I think, Terrence Steele, um, as the season has progressed, has, got, has gotten stronger. Um, and also, too, the Cowboys definitely have – helped him out a little bit over there. I mean, it's only fair. I, I had to remember the other day that I don't even think, I think sometime in December, it'll be a year since he tore his ACL, which is just crazy to think about. So um, Cowboys have been, you know, sending a tight end over there, chipping Jay Ferguson, those guys also too. Sometimes they line up uh, Tony out wide just to kind of slip in and, and um, kind of redirect the defensive end a little bit because Hassan Reddick going back and even watching that Niners game, uh, those first few drives by the Niners, he he really wrecked those those drives. So he has the ability, uh, one of the better pass rushers in the game, I believe, to to make a difference. So I'm really looking at just how the protection holds up because I think if the protection can hold up, man, listen, um, it's going to be a lot of grass and open area for this Cowboys wide the wide receivers to get after it. Hey Aisha, it's Blake. Got a quick one for you. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, the Eagles' run game has kind of been up and down this year, and one of the struggles for the Cowboys' defense has been stopping the run. How do you see that shaking out? Do you see the Eagles putting an emphasis on running the ball? And if they do, will the Cowboys be able to stop it? No, I think it's situational. Um, Philly this year, I, I think one of the differences between them last year and this year is that they're kind of playing to their strength. And again, I do think that them running the ball is a strength of theirs. But when you have an A.J. Brown, when you have a, a Devontae Smith, and obviously they're getting Goddard back, which I think is huge. Um, when you have those guys out there, there is a there's some pressure to, you know, make sure they feel taken care of. Mm -hmm. So they will kind of lean on the run situationally if they feel like they need to. You'll see them come out in third quarters and just try to run the ball down people's throats. But I do see that there are some there's some situations where they're opting to pass when they can run. I do feel like the Cowboys have defended the run far better this year than what they get credit for. Um, so to that point. I think the safeties in this game are going to be really important and coming out and helping and run support. But that's the thing, y'all. That's what Philly wants from you, to me, is that they want you to kind of overcommit to stopping the run and press the line of scrimmage and put your, your safeties and stuff in that box, load the box, so they can, you know, take advantage of you in the passing game. So, for me, I'm looking for this defensive line to have rush lane integrity, to stand in there. You know, uh, I think we heard Nick Bosa kind of talk about today how they handled um, Jalen and kind of kept him in the pocket. Rush contained. I think rush contained is going to be important for them and to uh, make sure they don't let him slip through the gaps and things of that nature. But they're, they're also wishy-washy too because I'm like, man, listen, uh, what, what is that gentleman's name, Swift? He mm -hmm. can tote that rock, man. He can tote that rock. And so – Really, for me, I'm looking at how well they can stop the run with just the front four. And if they can do that, I think it's going to really put, put Philly in some positions to have to make some business decisions and um, see if they can get something else out there going. Well, Aisha, you mentioned that, you know, the line, or sorry, rather the safeties are going to have to be on their P's and Q's in this one for Look. the Cowboys. Um, what has been kind of your evaluation of, the, of their play over the last few weeks for your Cowboys? Yeah, um, listen, man, um, I, I, I kind of went on a rant the other day about this safety room, and I got a lot of respect for those guys. I'm just looking for them to, to, to make the play. Um, I feel like there's been several instances where we're looking for Donovan Wilson to, to be that guy. Like, again, I think they're making the plays, but last year I felt like they were early. They were early, like, Donovan Wilson was making plays behind the line of scrimmage. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, they blitzed him quite a bit. I, I'm looking for a couple of safety blitzes. Um, they blitzed him quite a bit. He was a terror in the box. And, again, he did deal with that calf injury um, during training camp at the start of training camp. And so I do think his timeline is a little different than these other guys. But Jaron Curse, Malik Cooker, I'm looking for them to come out and really make their presence known because they are a focal point of this defense. They are kind of the Swiss Army knife of this defense and the way that Dan Quinn uses these guys. And I'm just looking for them to really begin to make those big plays when you need them um, in this and coming up in this game because I think they're going to be pivotal to, to run stopping but also playing well against the pass. Um, speaking of those safeties, where do you think they kind of play a factor comparative to the Eagles' safeties who have had their struggles this year as well as that linebacking core who do you see kind of having a bigger day in the pass catching game, the Eagles receiving core or the Cowboys? I, I think the 
that I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to do quite a bit mm-hmm. on the passing side of things. Um, when you look at Philly, I think we just don't take into account, man, listen, the OC and DC changes matter. They matter. And it's not just because of the, 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 um, the scheme. It's also the players. Philly is trying to find, I mean, they brought in Shaq Leonard. They've had a mix of guys at linebacker. And linebacker is a position to where, yo, I mean, it's a lot of trust in your eyes. It's a lot of trust in your film study. And there's a lot of miscommunication between that safety room and that linebacker room. I think a lot of that is just because, again, they're mixing, matching guys, trying to get something going, trying to find some cohesiveness. And just because of the untimely injuries that Philly has dealt with on that side, it's put them in a tough spot. Um, now, I will say I've been keeping my ears low down to the ground, and Zach Cunningham is their linebacker. He actually led them in tackles against the Cowboys, and from my understanding, he's their best coverage linebacker. It looks like they might be getting him back this week, and that could make a difference. Um, but let me tell you, Jake Ferguson does not care. He didn't care uh, when they played him last time. Mm-hmm. He had his uh, biggest game of the season, um, 91 yards. I believe he had 10 targets for seven receptions. And so, yeah, man, listen, the tight ends, the tight ends in this game, I believe, are the difference makers moving forward. We're talking Aisha Morrison of the Girls Talk Boys Talk podcast on DallasCowboys.com right here on The Fan and. Look, you've seen some fantastic uh, – this offense is just playing at a high level for the Cowboys. Talk about Dak Prescott and then obviously your pass catchers. You mentioned Jake Ferguson. You mentioned uh, C.D. Lamb. You talk about Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup has been having kind of a rough go of it, at least when we talk about actual catching and yards production-wise. What have you seen mm-hmm. from him? Um, what I've seen from Michael, uh, especially just kind of touching base with him in the locker room and just kind of getting a grasp on – what people in the room think of him. I think he understands what his role is right now in this system. And if anything, listen, I I talked about it on our show today. Listen, it's not to me in this game specifically, it's not even about what every receiver does as a pass catcher. It's also what they're going to be doing in the blocking game. Because if you go back and look at Philly, um, they really, against San Fran specifically, struggled to get off blocks downfield. And uh, to me, I believe if this wide receiver core comes out and plays unselfishly, which is something that Michael Gallup has done as of late, it makes a difference. It makes a difference when those guys are coming up and blocking, sometimes kind of setting the edge for Tony to get around and bounce to the outside and stuff like that. I'm not only looking for this receiver core to be um, good pass catchers, I'm looking to see how well they can block downfield because uh, there were there should be some yak opportunities there for this uh, this Dallas offense if these guys can get out in space and and make Philly pay <laughs> out there. <laughs> Aisha, it's been said, and I agree with the sentiment that this is the biggest game for a regular season for Dak Prescott. Would you agree with that or disagree? I mean, listen, I, I, it depends on how you look at things. Mm-hmm. I, I do think. I do think that it'll be important for this team um, temperament-wise to go out, go ahead, and and get this out the way and show themselves that they can beat a team like Philly, especially given that they were so close um, early in the season. I I don't think that anybody in that locker room feels like they have anything to prove. I just think the consistency of it is important, right? I think the consistency of, you know, playing at the level they've been playing and continuing to do that builds their confidence more than anything. 
Now, again, if you want to talk about MVP talk and all that stuff, yeah, sure, sure. This is a big game for uh, number four. But at the same time, I just think it's business at the office for him because he, what is he, what, 30 and, and 8 against the <laughs> NFC East? Man, listen, he, he <laughs> it's just something about when somebody from the NFC East comes to town that he's just, he's really relaxed. You get to play them twice a year. So I think that there is a confidence that these guys have uh, going up against this team that I'm not really um, not as panicked or anxious about when I see them playing them. But, yeah, for MVP conversation, absolutely. It's a big game for, for Dak Prescott. But I think for the Cowboys, it's just continuing to build uh, momentum going into the postseason because, listen, man, I remember this time last year, and we weren't so sure about what this offense was about this time. So for them to continue is going to be important. Aisha, I mean, when it comes down to what uh, Nick Bosa said, if the Cowboys do, you know, kind of go with his, you know, plan of thought or what the Niners did, you know, that mm-hmm. would mean that they are daring in a way uh, Jalen Hurts to beat them. What ha- what have you seen from Jalen Hurts and like how how capable do you think he is of beating the Cowboys at this point, particularly with the injury that he's kind of uh, nursing? Listen, to me, I, I go back to uh, the OC change and just how important it is. And, and to parallel that, it's kind of awesome to just see, like, the Cowboys with the changes at OC, the fact that they've been able to pick up things and to progressively get better this season. Um, Philly had the OC change. I think that it's weird because when you watch them on film, man, like, a lot of their plays are the same, yep. but it's the flow of the game. It's the flow of the game and how the game is called that's different. Now, with Jalen, I want to be very careful, and I try to be very careful with evaluating and talking about quarterbacks because I believe that this NFL has gotten a bit microwave with what we expect from uh, young quarterbacks to be. And so, for me, I look at Dak Prescott. When I look at when I look at uh, Jalen Hurts, I look at Dak Prescott, and I think there's a lot of similarities, um, traits wise and stuff to to these two gentlemen. And the thing about Jalen is he's 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 learning, man. Like he's learning. This is a this is we're seeing. We talk about Dak in year eight, and like, oh my God, he's so great. Listen, hey, don't don't forget there were growing pains. There was times where he had to learn to read defenses, disguises, and things of that nature. And I think that's just kind of what Jalen's going through right now, is figuring out, trusting what he's seeing, and learning how to beat it. And um, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a knock to him, in my opinion. It's just a part of the, the process of becoming um, that type of quarterback that you want to be. And so what Nick Bosa says, yeah, it does put a, some stress on you because, listen, time in the pocket is great, but too much time in the pocket can <laughs> – can really throw off a quarterback and I just look at how they handle scramble drill there are some plays that come from there but a lot of the time when you're giving a guy too much time that means your coverage is good and it does force him to make some decisions so I'm looking at him I think his decision making has been kind of up and down this year but to me I honestly expected it coming into a year where I figured he was trying to make the another jump as a passer how many interceptions for uh, for the Cowboys in this one Listen, man, um, I'm going to say at least one pick, but I'm looking for Cowboys. Hey, listen, Philly put the ball on the ground three times last time the Cowboys faced them. Cowboys weren't able to uh, walk away with any of those turnovers. I believe if they at least get one, you turn the tide and some stuff happens. I know that the Cowboys actually do well at forcing turnovers at home, so I expect at least a pick, maybe a strip sack or something, you know what I'm saying, a little razzle-dazzle, <laughs> see what happens. 
Uh, she's Aisha Morrison of the Girls Talk Boys Talk podcast. Check her out on DallasCowboys.com. Aisha, how can the people get at you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Aisha Morrison. That's Aisha with two eyes. Um, I am on with my girls uh, at 4 p.m. Monday through Thursday on Girls Talk Boys Talk. And also, too, listen, the clock is ticking. I'm not speeding up the season at all, but draft season is going to be upon us. So you folks can catch me on the draft show also, too. I'm honored to be there, and I can't wait to hear from you guys. Uh, If you hit me up on Twitter, I'm very interactive. So you can speak to me, and I will say hi. (laughs) We appreciate you hanging out with us, giving us a little bit of your time. You have a wonderful evening. I appreciate you. Bye, guys. See ya. There she goes, Aisha Morrison of the Girls Talk Boys Talk podcast on DallasCowboys.com. It's the get right right here on 105 through the fan. Uh, your Dallas Stars uh, got one back uh, as they had gone down one to nothing. But uh, I believe I was about to say Matt Duchesne, but I think Matt Duchesne uh, actually was not the goal scorer in this one. Uh, it was actually Taylor, Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan scores a goal for your Dallas Stars as they are playing in the nation's capital against the Capitals. It is one to one as the first period is nearing uh, an end. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we'll go around the NFL, get you caught up on what's happening in the National Football League. Next on the fan. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Thanks to Chris Strong on the ones and twos. And thank you for rocking with us on this Thursday evening. That was the sound of Al Michaels calling a touchdown in the first quarter of this Thursday night football game that, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe they're out to prove me wrong. Uh, seven to three is a score in favor of the Patriots. Bailey Zappi already has a uh, 60 point or 60 point, 60 yards of passing in this one. Um, 69 to be exact, which is nice. Um, and so, yeah, though, we're seeing a little more, a little bit more activity in this Thursday night football game than I think previously thought. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this continues to go. We'll keep you up to date with what's happening as Bailey Zappi completes another one. Hey, offense happening on Thursday night football, but Chris, let's go around the NFL here on the get right. And at, at least as it pertains to this game coming into it, I wasn't the only one who was skeptical on this one. Blake, were you also skeptical on, uh, how good this game would look? Yeah, they, I, this is one of those games that they should have flexed, but for some reason they did not. Well, I don't know that flexing Thursday night games is available. Cause I mean, like <laughs> Amazon. It, it's such a short turnaround. Can you imagine if you had had your, all your bookings and all your schedules yeah. booked for a Sunday game? <laughs> they need like, to do something. Anything I, is better than, I mean, this game's turning out better than I think we thought, but just on paper, this is a great defensive matchup. You like defensive football, you'll get it here. Yeah, assuming that it's all the defense that's actually stopping them as opposed to just like bad offense necessarily. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least as of right now, that's not exactly what we're seeing. And uh, to that end, Vegas also had some uh, skepticism when it came to this game. When it came to the over-under on this game coming in was about uh, a 30 meaning uh, the total rather. So like the idea being uh, they anticipated that this game would be somewhere around 30 points between both teams. Well, uh, I think I saw a stat that over like the last four weeks, the Patriots have allowed the least amount of points out of any NFL team. And they're the only team on that little set that had a losing record. Almost every team, Niners, Bills, all those had like three and one, four and oh, and the Patriots are oh and four. Yes, so. that's right. Like uh, just a, a really crazy uh string of games for the Patriots where they're not allowing points, but they're also scoring fewer. Um, and zero to be exact last week. That's right. That's right. A, a, a wonderful zero to six score, which I, Hey, what's up, uh, Kellen Moore? What's happening with you? <laughs> um, but this is this, uh, this over under total of about 30 is the lowest in 30 years. 
thereabouts. Uh, lowest number we're under since a 2006 divisional playoff game between the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears. And Sorry, so, Bears. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a total under 30 since then. Uh, it was frigid temperatures and also, um, you know, had uh, three sub-30 totals compared to this game. That is, uh, I mean, I imagine it's kind of chilly in, Phil- in Pittsburgh, but I can't imagine that it's, like, cold enough to, for that to be the reason. This is just like, oh, y'all aren't good. Well, well, will it be lower than the last game of the year, Jets-Patriots? Oh, boy, where <laughs> they probably won't have nothing to play for neither. That's, that is a great question. And both of them, like, have great be- better than average defenses at the very least, right? Yeah. So. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, thank God that they typically kind of do this thing where they put all those games together in a way. Yep. On that last, day. so you'll have something else to watch. You will not have to sit down because that's what really stinks is when you look at your, uh, you know, on a Sunday and it's like you get two games locally, assuming that you don't have red zone. Yep. It would stink if that was one of them. Where it's like, hey, you just got to watch Jets Patriots. That over under might be like twenty five. <laughs> It'll be low. It'll be low, 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 low. Well, this one, as of right now, they're they're doing a little something. Let's see if they keep it going. Uh, elsewhere around the NFL, this is an update on the, uh, the story that we brought you yesterday. Remember the Jacksonville Jaguars employee mm-hmm. that is facing federal fraud charges? Uh, his attorney um, said that, that his client suffers from a gambling addiction. Oh, well, poor him. So that contributed to his alleged theft of more than $22 million from the franchise. I'm going to use that one. I got a gambling problem. It's not my fault. Yeah, and I'm just like, I wonder how far that goes. Like, <laughs> with with the amount. And he did this over, like, five years mm-hmm. as well. Like, I don't know if the if the length of the crime uh, a, also factors in, but I have, a, I have a strong feeling this is not really going to stand It's a real court. sickness. It's a prevailing sickness. It, I, I mean, couldn't stop, guys. I wanted to so bad. It is, it is, in a way, a sickness. I just don't know that it's going to absolve <laughs> you from responsibility in the court of law. Like, Probably I think not. that's the problem with this one. It, oof, oof. I Look, I... I wonder if you just go to that place where you're like, what more? What more do I have to say? Like, what, 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 what case do you leave me to make? I wonder. I wonder what his dating life is like now. I feel like that's kind of tough to be the guy who got exposed for money fraud. I wonder if you can like get a girl after that. That's a pretty hard like pickup line now. Uh, Aren't you the guy that? Yeah, I've seen your picture online. <laughs> Ooh, do you think everybody's up to date with what's happening on uh, ESPN true, and such? Probably not the girls that he's dating, but you never know. Like Girls be doing research nowadays. They know who they're going on dates with. They, yeah. One quick Google search, his name, that's probably the first thing that comes his, up. His name is very well attached to fraud at this point. Uh, Swaggy Booty <laughs> says, gambling isn't illegal in Florida, though. However, I think the tough part about it is uh, being a employee of a yep. of the NFL makes this very, uh, at least... Illegal isn't the right word, but like this is very frowned upon when it comes to like the NFL rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't let nobody around that gamble for fear of, you know, the way that this looks. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh, wow. From the 940, gambling addiction is real. They say they lost $250,000 in four years. That's, that is wild. I hope that you have since, in some ways, recovered from that. Um, But yeah, the tough part about it is like, I'm sure that it's real. I just don't know that. A, a judge will be like, all right, well, that absolves you from the, your, the consequences of your well, You didn't tell me that. Well, you're good then, buddy. Right, right. <laughs> uh, speaking of folks that shouldn't have said, told things, actually, let me start here. Let me, let me, let me do this one first uh, as it pertains to Sunday night football where your Cowboys will welcome in the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles will have a little bit of a, a bolster, or at least they're expected to, in Dallas Goddard, the tight yep. end. He has not been playing since the last time that these teams played in week nine. And so he's expected to reinforce Philly's offense. Uh, does 
I don't I don't feel like that changes anybody's perspective on this game, but I mean I think that's it's huge when you consider the idea that the Eagles are were previously or they were going to uh stole the tight end stole. And I think Stole was a little banged up too. He showed up on the injury report. So having Goddard, that veteran leadership knows the Cowboys will definitely help. I don't know if it tips the scale left or right, but it'll definitely be an a steadying force for that Eagles offense. Yeah, I know the Eagles also had like been linked to Zach Ertz, who's been let go mm-hmm. uh from the from the Cardinals. Yep. So it definitely wanted some tight end help there. It seems like they're going to get it in returning Dallas Goddard. And maybe just maybe you end up not just seeing kind of uh, the one tight end sets that they've been running over the last few weeks, but if they get back into their bag of doing multiple tight ends in a way now that they're getting or that they should be. They got um, to get also back. off the injury report. They got the OU kid, Grant Calcara, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He'll be there. So we'll see if he can get some burn in those couple tight end sets. Uh, how about this, which is a wild thing that we're finding out. Uh, Sean McDermott, McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, has had to apologize now mm-hmm. because of some reporting that has uh, come out on some of his quote-unquote struggles uh, on the Go Long website. Uh, it is via Tyler Dunn, who cited anonymous Bill sources, including former players, who described some awkward interactions between, uh, you know, coach and his team. Chief amongst those examples, apparently he had what was termed a 9-11 speech, wow. which is there any instance where the words 9-11 speech are going to go well for you? Nope. Okay, very good. Disaster. Uh, he did this in a training camp of 2019 in which he allegedly highlighted the hijackers who helped carry out the infamous terrorist, threat, uh, terrorist attacks <laughs> and asked his players to consider how they were able to effectively strategize and execute their goals. Crazy analogy <laughs> to use out of every teamwork that right. you can use. You know how those guys did, like, the worst thing that's happened to America? Let's be like them. Let's be like them. I just, like, <laughs> I wonder how your brain has to work for all. The, and this is the thing about a, a college football or a football coach in general. They, it seems like they see football in everything. Yep. And so of all the places that teamwork is necessary in life, and there are multitudes, 9-11 attacks it's, was the it's, one. It's just an interesting one. It's an interesting one. My only thing is it's kind of interesting as well that this story is coming out now with the Bills' struggles. Because when did this happen? This well, wasn't this, this year. this one in particular was, 20, was a 2019 meeting. So, I don't know. I just think there's a little bit of a narrative to go with when this released, when they decided to put this together. Bills are kind of struggling this year, and now we're hearing how no one really likes McDermott, and there's some, there's some turmoil in there. So, you know, when you're up, everybody puts out good stories. When you're down, all the good stories start flooding, th- or the bad stories start flooding through. So, you know, just watch what you read, everybody. Yeah, I, but I also think that some of this is like these are things that I mean they exist, mm-hmm. and then and he has not obviously he's not denied this as well. Yeah. I think some of this is like also people can feel a type of, a type of way, and maybe they feel more comfortable speaking in certain situations. And so, like I'm sure, like now that people are looking around, like yo, what's happening there? Someone might be like, well, it's like I got a story for yeah, you. <laughs> I I wonder if this might be hurting the way that that goes. Yeah. The one time that he told them to get their minds in the or like get into the brains of some terrorists. He's been holding this story. He said, when should I pull this one out? Ah, perfect. Um, but apparently, also, he is reportedly safe in his job as of right now. Still, um, they always so, say that. And so, yeah, we we'll we'll see if that changes over any level of time. And also, like that's still a six to six team right now. That over the last I don't know three four years has gotten older. Not necessarily repent, repl- replenish the talents that they that they've kind of lost. And they've not 
you know, reached the levels that were expected of them as currently constituted. And even though they have been pretty good, and especially Josh Allen has been playing great football yeah. in the midst of this yeah. currently, what, 6-6 six six season or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the types of things that could possibly get a coach. They'll have an interesting offseason. I'll be paying very close attention to their offseason, how they decide to move management-wise, player personnel-wise, draft-wise, to see what the direction of the Buffalo Bills is. Um, some news from today. Robbie Gold, who is 10th all-time in scoring. Bears legend. Yeah, he's retiring from the NFL. Um, he obviously mentioned he kicked for the Bears, also notably kicked for the 49ers. He announced his retirement today in a story that he wrote for the Players' Tribune. And he said, quote, Now, although football has been a really great part of my life for the last 18 years, it is with the utmost regard and appreciation that I officially announced my retirement from the National Football League. Obviously, he was you know, a free agent here. He, he had not caught on with the team again, and he had a little bit of struggles uh, towards the end of his run actually kicking in this league. But at, at the very least, he goes out with the 86.4% uh, career success rate, which is ninth all time. Yep. So, I mean, obviously a very good kicker. And you you can only be a good kicker if you're going to last 18 years. In Kickers be lasting a long time. They be rolling in their 40s out there, kicking game winners in the playoffs. I'm like, man. Because it's just not a position that gets replenished often. You draft a kicker like some people don't even draft him. You just you just keep trading, get an undrafted guy like the Cowboys. So it's a position once you get it, you can hold it. <laughs> so shout out to Robbie Gold. Uh, it's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fans. How we go around the NFL. Coming up next. Um, now, we you know, we talked a lot this week about the college football playoff committee. Can, like, let's wrap our head around this. What if the NFL had a playoff committee? Who would be in your top four right now? The truckwreck.com text lines 877 881 1053. We do that next on the fan.